We become a race of peeping Toms. Something happened. Something was happening. I had no idea. Where is her treacherous husband now? But in a place where she can visit, if she wished, mine. It's with the ancestors. I'm yeah, I'm drinking, Luann. How can you hold cake and not eat it? Oh, shit, you guys got coke here. Oh, my God, of course. I mean, I know to you I'm just your old fat Aunt Maddie Faye. I'm more than that, sweetheart. These are godless times, Mrs. Snell. You're all fucking boring. With your piddling grievances over nothing, you're all fucking boring. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and that's the last goddamn hitchhiker I'm ever picking up. And my name is Colin Drucker, and look what your brother did to the door! <gasps> that was almost my quote, Colin! I could feel it, and I had a backup just in case, because I thought you might take that one. Does he have no pride in his home or something? Isn't that the yeah, next one? Yeah, no <laughs> pride in his home. Oh my oh goodness. Here goodness. we are. It's like it's that Paul Rudd gift. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> I know. I have <laughs> Who would have thought? I have my hands on my cheeks. I won't tell yeah. you which cheeks, but I am so excited. <laughs> I like this is my this is my like, you know, death row meal right now. I I'm gonna savor this. Yeah. Look out, January is going to be Mamma Mia, Greece, just oh, to get yeah. back at you. JK, oh, JK. Anything I mean, I, you I want. I still want to do Greece. Maybe for my birthday, though. Yeah. You name it, we're doing it. It could be like, it, it could just be two hours of air guitar. We'll do it. I don't care. <laughs> because this week, somebody, somebody on this podcast deigned to suggest and dive into. A very special episode, certainly for me, and I hope for all of you listening, just in time for Halloween, we are, if you would believe it, doing the 1974, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre on this podcast this week. Wow, I just got chills. Oh, I've been, yeah, I'm, I've just been, <laughs> been screaming in week. the, yeah, I've been yeah. screaming in the back of a pickup truck just thinking about it. <laughs> I, I really can't believe that we did it. We did it, Joe. Yeah. Um, I, you know, as I said last week, um, if you are a best supporting patron on our Patreon, the good, not the good Patreon, that's the good vanilla, mm. um, the best supporting Patreon. Am I getting that right? Why am I like? It's the best supporting after show, but you're close. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Holy moly. Um, I, I had watched a couple clips of it. Um, I think I, I was actually in California when I just watched a couple clips, the dinner scene and like the very last scene, or at least one of the window jumps. Mm. Um, and I was like, I feel like I'm ready and that I could do this. And I'm so glad I did. I survived. I was scared just enough. And I have so much to talk about. I can't wait to start. Oh, I just, I can't believe it. Now, folks, if you don't know, this has been the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the holy grail for me. It is, yes. and certainly I think after this viewing, which is probably like the thirtieth time I've seen this movie, I have to agree with, you know, of all people, Quentin Tarantino, who said that it is a perfect movie. For me, yeah, this is an absolutely perfect movie. There's not a frame out of place. There's not a performance out of place. There's not a choice out of place, and there's nothing like it. I think, uh, and she's and she's nothing like it. She's nothing of the sort. There's nothing <laughs> like it. 
And I, but of course, you know, for as long as I've known you, you have not been a fan of horror movies. And this, to me, was like, well, this is like the Kilimanjaro of horror movies. So, like, if if you don't like to climb, you're not going to like this. So, I mean, I just figured this would be my own, my own little, you know, precious moment I'd share with myself. And I, like, I just... And, and especially to be able to talk about it kind of through the best supporting lens, to talk about the performances, to talk about the things we queen out about on this podcast, to talk about all of that in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I really can't believe it's not my birthday. I'm so excited. <laughs> now, tell me what, what, you know, you kind of hinted at this already, too, that it is your Kilimanjaro. It is your number one. What is your history with this movie? When was the first time you saw it? And oh. yeah, what's the evolution here? This this is a a similar to like a when I knew culture was for me you know that was that was nice. certainly the Poseidon adventure but I think th- there are very few movies where I like after I've watched it I'm like oh my god I can't wait to just go experience that again I can't wait it's like I just want to get back on the roller coaster and yeah. Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf is like that for me uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre though was probably the first time I experienced that and I saw this for the first time when I was 12. Uh, (laughs) Very early in my horror movie viewing, uh, my dad would let me rent horror movies from the West Coast video when we'd go to stay with him because, you know, child of divorce. And uh, my dad was pretty lenient about what I I rented, and he would watch them with me and then would, like, mostly fast-forward through the sex scenes. And I was like, it's a waste, buddy. It's boobs. It's just boobs, you know? Um, But so I remember watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre at his house for the first time, and it scared the bejesus out of me. It was so intense. It was so just unrelenting. And then that night, I could not sleep. And my dad lived in like a little like three-bedroom apartment, and so his bedroom was right near mine. And he like was snoring really loudly. And so I was like hearing this <laughs> chainsaw roaring in the of other course. room. And so I was just like absolutely traumatized by it. By the next morning, I was like, I just want to put the tape back in the VCR. And I just want to experience that chase scene again. Oh, God, so many. Yeah. And that really kind of just, I think, you know, I mean, certainly I think I'd already experienced with the Poseidon Adventure, wanting to watch something over and over and, you know, the Wizard of Oz and all that. But I think this was one of the first times I was, like, aware of, like, when a movie gets its hooks in you. No pun intended with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that is, like, such a... um, That's, like, the missing ingredient for, like, my early, like, cataloging years, too, is, like, I was such a baby that I don't think... No one would have let me rented that ever. And even, like, going into high school, like, I I barely survived what lies beneath in high school, you know? Like, I was just... I never sought it out. I found Clue and Steel Magnolias instead, and that's fine. <laughs> but yeah. but I feel like most, you know, I think of like Justine and you and other friends of mine that just like, I feel like it's just, you've, you've watched so many, you have that sort of foundation that like, I'm sure stuff still scares you, but like, it's just like, I, I've seen it all. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's that foundation is like so crucial to to just continue that throughout your whole life. Absolutely. It becomes, you know, so like, for example, like 80s slasher movies, you know, these summer camp movies or Friday the 13th movies, they're all pretty much the same formula. But you but it's like, oh, it's pizza on Friday, my favorite, even though I've had it last Friday, you know, and so it's like 
you kind of rely on those tropes as like things like the final girl and and you know oh they're you know the things they talk about in scream like oh that couple's gonna go have sex they're gonna die yes and like they become yeah these kind of familiar beats and i think that's part of why i think the texas chainsaw massacre is so exciting is because it it doesn't have a lot of familiarity to it like and you know we'll get into all the reasons but i feel like even watching it again this time even knowing everything that was going to happen i was uneasy the whole time and oh yeah i just thought well that's that's fucking something you know yeah for as much as i i guess i knew about the movie i was still i think the most tense i was was when um Franklin was in they get to that first house where they're all up on like the second floor just like yep. laughing about just being young and hot for like mm-hmm. 30 minutes I'm like what's going on up there uh, and he's like downstairs and I just thought like there's all that talk about like the van being tagged in some way and I'm like this is where Franklin this is the end of the road for him no one's mm-hmm. gonna hear him and it's like all these tight shots of him and like him blowing raspberries like to the second floor. I was like covering my ears. I think that was the most tense I was during the entire movie, which is so strange. But I am sure, you know, that movie sticks out for everyone, too, because Franklin is a piece of work. Oh, I can't wait to talk about Franklin. But yeah. I also I'm glad to hear that that actually that 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 part resonated for you, because I I mean, I remember even the first time I saw this like that. Like, when I was a kid, I thought that when Franklin rolled down the hill, he was going to get killed, you know, at the very beginning. Same, same. And so, like, in that – once they get to their their grandparents' old house and he's down there, it is – yeah, you – everything about even that house is just so unsettling and so eerie and – you know, it's like the one thing I would say I wish this movie had was I wish it incorporated the house into the chase scene. Yeah. I I don't know – I guess I didn't, I really didn't know anything. I didn't know how, like, because I think I texted you, I was like 35, 38 minutes in, and then Mm -hmm. stuff started to happen, which is a fairly, like, I'd say a good amount of time. They really, it's really kind of a slow burn. But between that, there are things like Franklin, 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 wheeling around the first floor. And of course, there's like the hitchhiker and everything that like, that also was an added layer of like, okay, somebody get killed already because I'm going to lose it. So then once fin- someone finally did it, it almost felt like a little bit of a relief. I was like, okay, one down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, it's kind of like the Stepford Wives where once you know what's going to happen, like I found, I find this movie like scary from the beginning because it's like I can see how they are just like meandering into this completely random awful situation and yeah. and and just the way kind of like the separate wives where like it's like the town is closing around joanna and bobby and like before they know it you know the robot selves are killing them i feel like in this movie it's like there's this part early on when they're driving where they like oh what's that smell and they're passing a slaughterhouse and there's all these close-up shots of the cows in the slaughterhouse yes. and it's kind of an extended moment with them and this, you know, my whatever 30th something time watching this, my interpretation of that is that is when these five kids begin their descent into becoming animals because that's all they are. Oh, yeah. And after yep. that, if you watch this movie as just like five animals and, uh, you know, the way that they're, you know, butchered one by one and then one is kept as a pet for a little while, it's 
it just it, it makes oh, it wow yeah yeah it just puts a whole new lens on it of like oh god this is so fucked up yeah because even the way that sally runs i'm like we're gonna talk about Marilyn, of course, of course. but um it she kind of runs like a like a little piggy that's just lost that has never really been outside before and never been in the area doesn't really know where it's going all it knows is that it, it's just trying to get away yes it's just blind survival it's it, yeah sally is you know so many other final girls it's about the way that they fight back and the way that they're tough and whatnot with sally the reason i love her so much is because it's like nobody has ever had just like pure lizard brain survival mode like sally hardesty that's true. <laughs> she really like uh there's no such thing as giving up. Yeah. With her, which it's I just, love. It's incredible. It's just like god, you just refuse to quit. And yeah. I just love that. But um oh, well, you know, just to I'm so I'm so goddamn excited, but just to set everybody up, you know, for anyone who, you know, is a normal listener of this podcast who's like, "Yes, I want to hear them talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre." Thank you. Uh I assume <laughs> you've seen it. Please disregard all of the sequels, disregard all of the remakes. All of them are a waste of time. None of them touch the original. Um, but the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is really, I think it's the it's the grandfather of horror movies, of the modern horror movie. It's, uh, it's about these five kids, these five teenagers, these five hot hippies who initially are going to a graveyard to see if two of their grandparents' graves um, had been dug up in some recent... Uh, you know, uh, grave digging situation. Yeah. And then from there, they, uh, their plan is to head to the, you know, Sally and Franklin's grandparents' old house. Along the way, they pick up a hitchhiker who, you know, I mean, it's just like, oh, to be a hippie in the 70s and to even consider the possibility of picking up this hitchhiker. Uh, who oh, ends up God. being a, an absolute, you know, loon and a real act one gun. And uh, it turns out uh, Sally and Franklin's uh, grandparents' house is just a stone's throw away from uh, the Sawyer family, who are a bunch of ex-slaughterhouse workers who have turned to cannibalism to survive. Yeah. That, that's it folks yep. Oof. I I have to ask too because I'm sure that you have seen at least once all of the subsequent like movies that have come out and just like different like what I guess to start with the what is it what year did the what, the one with Jessica Biel come out that was like 2003 2005 okay, maybe yeah. yeah 2003 what, I think what was so egregious about it, like compared to the original? Is it just because the original is a classic? Did it have any good parts, or was it just like, ah, eh, it's not as good as the first one, but it was fine? You know, I think that it's. I think that remake is one of the better of the bunch. I think the challenge is it's just these huge shoes to fill, and I think with the the original, there's so much about the aesthetic of it. There's so much about the gritty documentary feel. There's so much about just the lack of style to it and also the incredible cinematography at the same time. Like it's such a, it's such a specific aesthetic. And then the remake came out in 2003, 2005 and it just had that slick polished color corrected, you know, yeah. early two thousands quality. And it was like, Oh, you've already, you've already missed the beat. And there were like, you know, it, it, I think if, if it was just this standalone movie that didn't have a history to it, I think it'd be fine. I think Jessica Biel is no Marilyn Burns, but, um, you know, she's very much a 2000s final girl. 
But I yeah. I think the problem is you just it's kind of like that that shot for shot remake of Psycho that Gus Van Sant did. It's like, well, yeah, I don't even know why you tried. Like you were doomed to fail, and it's awful. So, um, I just think there are certain things that are just untouchable, and um, and I also just think the Texas Chainsaw Massacre as this like as something that's just this standalone gritty movie from the 70s, I love it more as just these, like, 83 minutes of horror than this, like, massive franchise, you know? I'm I'm raising my hands to the sky as you say that. This is the perfect amount of time for a horror movie. It almost reminds me of, like, our, you know, our film noir days on the, on the Best Supporting Podcast, where it's mm-hmm. just, like, you're in, you're out, it's perfectly paced, um, it just, it was, I couldn't believe, like, I think I paused at some point cause I was watching it as I was working and I was sending an email or something and I paused and I, there was only like 19 minutes left and I was like, there were only 19 minutes left. That's psycho because like the dinner scene didn't even happen yet or something. I was like, mm-hmm. when's, and then it did, it does obviously too. It's, I really appreciated it because like I, I saw it as like, okay, I only have to do this for an hour and 26 minutes. Um, but really I I have so much to talk about. Like, I'm really trying to figure out what is the, like, what is the algorithm or the formula of, like, what movies can't I see and what movies can I see and why in each of those categories? Because, like, The Exorcist didn't bug me. This movie, um, although I was scared, I I think I built it up so much in my head that, like, Mm. I felt like, you know, a kid who slept in like his bunk bed for the first night is like, I did it. I'm a big boy, <laughs> you know, like, right, right. or yeah, something like, or like maybe the crib to his first bed is a better analogy. But I, I felt very proud of myself that I didn't get too scared. I went to bed um, that night uh, pretty easily, which I was, I was very happy with. And I think it is because of that, like 70s aesthetic that helps me through it. Because even though the tensions there, obviously it's like a terrifying scenario, it still like has that like seventies vibe where I wasn't that scared. I don't know, but like why? Like I I think a movie that I can't do are like The Strangers or uh, like Insidious. Like I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And like obviously Hereditary is like the scariest movie of all time. That's the barometer for me. So I don't know. I don't know how to figure that out except to just start seeing more horror movies because I might actually love them. Like this one. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it is about uh, about you know uh, aesthetics over time, and just you know, there's so much movies like horror movies now. I think rely so much on startling you versus scaring you. Like I think Insidious and a lot of these movies with these cheap jump scares, it's like you know paranormal activities like this. Once you've seen it, it's just it's like okay, I've seen all the jumps, and then it doesn't really have it doesn't have like a repeat quality. And I think that um, I would say like that makes sense that those movies that kind of, they're like, it's like watching a Jack in the box. It's like watching, it's like watching an asshole wind up a Jack in the box and they're kind of laughing maniacally waiting to like to spook you. You know what I mean? That's a really interesting perspective because like, you know, you talk about jump scares. Like we just saw, um, we watched uh, last Thursday the new Scream movie, which I was like more scared of than Texas Chainsaw Massacre because of just that, like because mm-hmm. of like 
ghost face popping out of nowhere which you know he's gonna do and like bodies being thrown through glass and everything it's just like it it had so many jump scares and like at the end of the day too like i i liked it like it was fine like i i don't know how like 30 percent of those characters survived right (laughs) after getting stabbed 25 times but like after like i had a paper cut this week and i thought it was all over so i just like don't even know how anyone can do that um, but there still has to be substance beneath that. Like if you strip that away, like you said, if you see it one time and go back, it still has to have like in this movie, like you mentioned it before I watched it too, but like the cinematography and like some of the shots that he was choosing were so interesting and beautiful and so cool. Yeah. I mean, the one of the most famous shots from the movie is when Kirk and Pam go to the house um, and then he goes inside and he gets killed. And then it's the camera goes under the under the uh, swing that Pam is sitting on and then like yes. follows her as she walks up towards the house. And it was just this like shot they made up, uh, you know, on set. It wasn't yeah. planned. And it's just like there's so many great tracking shots like that. There's so many big like sh- I, there's I think even early on. um there's a great shot of like the van pulling up on the side of the road and it's just this big wide shot of the great open yeah, sky. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's, I mean, like I have to just put a pin in also like, because if I don't, I might forget and then I'll have never said it in this episode. The, the absolute Amadovarian ending, by the way. <gasps> yes. I oh just my thought, God, oh God, I if know. I don't say it, but you know, it's also a very <laughs> yes. beautifully shot ending, but there's also just the like, oh, you bitch. Oh, to end like that. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean, I think, so I, I, I get why this like wasn't like watching Scream or Insidious because it's like, I think the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, A, focuses more on like marinating you in this really filthy stew of a movie. And and it's just about the griminess and the sweatiness and the like just awfulness of the situation. Um, but it's not trying to surprise you. Like, you know, even when Sally runs upstairs and finds grandma and grandpa, they don't, it, it, she doesn't get shocked by it. It's just, we see that they're dead bodies before she does, you know? Yeah. There's no time to even think about it either too, because it just goes. Yeah. It's, too, it's so quick. And to me, like that moment, for example, when she when she gets into their house and she runs upstairs, what I find the most unnerving is the floral wallpaper and the pink painted like windowsills. It's like, yes, what the fuck? It's that is so creepy to me that like this house has it has body parts furniture. It's got dead grandparents in the attic and it's got floral print in the hallway. Like it, it's just it's so insane. I uh, I just, oh my God. But yeah, but it's not, it's not meant to like startle you at any point. Yeah, I think it's like this has earned a rewatch. Like I would watch this any day of the week, to be honest. Like mm. I'd love to watch it again before Halloween, on Halloween, or even at night because I watched it during the day. I'd be interested to just like take it in again, now knowing what I know to kind of, pick up all those crumbs and really kind of like get into you know the cataloging at a ripe age of 37 years old i finally got there yeah (laughs) why not why not get there there's so much i mean and like again this movie like every time i watch it i get something new out of it and in some ways like to me it's almost best watched on like a grimy old vhs tape but like yeah i don't i don't know where you had watched it but i had i think a, a version i bought on youtube was like like their 40th anniversary and it just had its 50th anniversary this year um 
But uh, or no, it's the 50th anniversary of the date of the movie because the movie is dated oh, August 18th, 1973, in terms of like when it happens. So that was oh, I see 50 years ago this year. Um, but anyway, the point being, this like new kind of remastered, restored version, just. I usually don't care about that stuff, but this was one of the first movies where I was like, oh, wow, that's a pretty movie. Yeah, we got to touch this tree, Mo. Oh, you Mo. Gotta, you got to get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mo. Um, so, that's you know, so cool. I, 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 yeah, I, I feel like I've, I've just been blathering on because I'm just so excited. But tell me more, more things you responded to, more things you picked up. I think like the the first thing that I mean really there's like a treasure trove of IM IMDb stuff. Like I mm. only got halfway down that list and I was like I think Colin can fill in the rest. He is the IMDb <laughs> yes. um of this movie so it's fine. Um but really, you know, re- reading about like the heat and the filming and the conditions is so crazy to think about too because like they had to put like blackout curtains up and it like it was just like people like the cast to go outside to like throw up and then come back inside again because it was just so hot and so gross inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was something. Well, and I and I think there's one of the and one of the documentaries I've seen about this. Um, there, you know, they had talked about how like yeah, this filming that dinner scene it was like 26 hours straight and it was just absolutely like insanity and they got to the point like Gunnar Hansen who plays Leatherface he's like you know I got to the point where it was like I really wanted to kill Marilyn like there was just like a moment where I started to snap and I I just I've always been like I've had this like idea in my head of this like fantasy movie where it's like a movie about the making of the movie like this and when it suddenly starts to potentially get real you know like that's cool and I just thought oh that that like concept because it's like yeah it's hot it's disgusting it's smelly she is screaming her head off they've like been deep in character in this like world for the past two three however many weeks (gasps) I, I think that's so cool where it's like, oh, shit, did this get real for a minute, you know? Yeah, I remember reading that. That's It's scary and kind of, like, also understandable. Oh, yeah. It was that hot. Like, oh, good God. Yeah. But as far as just, like, little, like, checkpoints where, like, I started to really kind of get nervous or, like, uh, the first one was when they actually stopped to ask, like, where – uh, is it their grandparents' house mm-hmm. was or something? Yeah. Or the grave or wherever it was, too. Because the, 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 that group of men are so weird. And it's like, are they a part of this, too? It's just like, I, I was immediately suspicious of them, even though they they never pop up, too. But there's just like a way, that drunk guy in the tire. Yeah. <laughs> oh, woof. That's a good Halloween costume. Yeah. Um, just like strap a tire to you. Uh, but that was my first point. Because I was, you know, I was immediately annoyed with Franklin. Um, I know we'll talk about him a little bit more in depth too, but then like the next hurdle was the hitchhiker. And I feel like I want to break that down a little bit too, because that made me so nervous, especially because he was holding that like little, like that little switchblade or whatever it was, that little knife that he had. And just like immediately know that guy. Like, cause I think one of the girls is like, I don't know. He looks a little weird. Like, no, do not pick that guy up. And but I also don't think there was any harm in it, too, because it's not like, you know, Rand- was it Randall um, that was, like, speculating that, like, the side of the van was marked or something? Like- Franklin, not Randall. I don't know why I'm calling him Randall. Um, <laughs> did I say how many times have I said Randall? No, you can say Franklin. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay, good, like, good. Randall. Yeah. Um, 
it's kind of a cool symbol. I feel like that would be such a great tattoo for any horror movie fan is that blood stain on the side of the van, you know? Well, yeah, I was thinking it's like sort of like fan merch. I thought it'd be so cool to have like a, a green tank top, the color of their van, with that on the on the on the chest, like that blood. Oh, that would symbol be so cool in that red, yes. and it'd be such a deep cut that like only like you know two people are gonna get it, but make friends with them, you know. Yeah, and it's such a great red herring too, because you think that's gonna be like, you know, that the I marked the van and we're got, we're gonna go find them, and that made me think that Franklin was gonna get it because of like all of his like neuroses surrounding that like the side of the van too when he was on his own so that was very stressful for me <laughs> yeah well you know what's interesting about that is that there is there is a a lot about the i don't know like between pam reading the horoscopes and yeah. you know i i love when she reads sally's horoscope where she's like there will be yes. moments where you won't believe your eyes you won't believe what you're what you're seeing is real. Like pinch yourself, it may be. And the fact that like then later in the movie, those close-ups of her eyes as she's like losing her fucking mind, I was like, oh, you you bitch, that's so brilliant. Um, yeah. But so there's sort of this astrological sense of like it's like when people get caught up in Mercury Mercury and re retrograde, you know. Yep. Um, but one of the details I picked up, oh, you know watching it because i also did i did it in the details episode like 10 things i love about the texas chainsaw massacre and so i like did a deep dive when i did that episode and one of the things i picked up that time was when you if you listen to the radio at the beginning of the movie it's one god-awful story after another it's a shooting it's a suicide it's a robbery it's you know they found yeah. the daughter locked in the attic and i think that that really also creates this like it's like oh the whole world's on fire you know, and yep. and so like in the midst of like all of that and then this grave robbing thing, like I think there is a way in which it's like the stars were aligned and not in their favor that day. Yeah, it's just like I hate stuff like this, like little twists of fates of like they could have never obviously predicted that and like that that's how the day would end, too. But they're also and it like it plays to the genre too. they're stupid kids like. But it's also like the 70s and people just walked up to people's houses and like, mm -hmm. but I would never walk in a house like ever, even if it looked like like a Stepford wife house, I would not walk in and I'd be like, I'm going to wait for them to answer the door politely with a hammer before I right. walk in there. <laughs> I mean, it is like, that's, I mean, it's, there's such an interesting band of characters because in later like horror movies and certainly slasher movies, for example, Characters, like I said before, they, they become archetypes. So there's like the good girl that you know is probably going to survive. There is like, you, know, you think of Scream. There is Sydney. There is Tatum. There is, you know, uh, the, the boyfriends. There's there is yeah. uh, Ricky or Randy or whatever. And you kind of just, if you watch enough horror movies, you kind of know like, okay, Tatum's definitely not surviving this movie. And, yep. you know, and that's because that's just how it worked in so many of these horror movies. And so if you compare this group Three guys, two girls, two couples, and this poor brother, you know, Franklin. You kind of know Franklin's probably not going to get out of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre alive. But one of the things I love is, especially thinking of Sally, is in the beginning of the movie, she is not the focus. I would actually say Sally yeah. is not the focus of the movie until Franklin is killed. I think that's a perfect sort of, yeah, uh, way to explain that because he's just so loud. Yeah, annoying. he's really yeah. kind of our protagonist in a way. And I have to say, over the years, I 
adore Franklin. I adore. <laughs> I mean, it's such a method performance. Like he's so like the actor is not the way Franklin is, and so like knowing that it's like he, you know, and they said this in the trivia that he just like would not break character, and so like. Marilyn Burns and Paul Pertain hated each other in real life. And so um, it was like, I don't know. There's something about it over the years that I also like, I appreciate Franklin. I love that he's like, this trip isn't fun for me. I didn't want to do this. This isn't going to be fun. I don't want to yep. be here. Now I'm stuck here and it's hot. And they got the keys. Sally, they took the keys. You know, like he's having objectively the worst day and i think why it yeah. doesn't bother me is because and i don't know if i really appreciated this maybe until this watch is because this movie is also really funny and a lot yeah. of it is like like when franklin is downstairs in the house and he's blowing raspberries and he's like if i have any more fun i don't think i can take it and then he turns to wheel away and he like slams into the wall and he screams <laughs> yes. it's so funny um and so I think I just, because I love everything about this movie, I found a, a way to love Franklin. Yeah, I'm I'm not there yet. I, I, I There were goose qualities at the beginning. I think I was texting you about it. And I, I think I, I do agree with everything that you're saying, too. Like, this is not a trip that he should have ever been on. No. Um, and But I, he's just, like, such a little bitch to Sally when she's pushing him through, the, like, all the sticks and stuff. And, of course, that's when it actually happens. But I really thought... I, I can't believe Sally and Franklin were the last two. That Franklin was second to last girl. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, assistant to the final girl. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, when when she's pushing him through the woods, and there is something when you just kind of think about it. Here is this poor girl, and her brother, who's twice her size in a wheelchair, and she's pushing him through the brambles of the woods in the middle of the night. It's so it's not stupid but like it's so absurd in a way and yeah and yet it's also so vulnerable and i love when there's a one point where she's really struggling she goes oh franklin this is just impossible and yeah. i just i love her frustration with him um but yeah no he is that he uh you know almost makes it but um you know, just but you know, let's talk about the 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 other three and their yes. demises. Let's. Um, because so there's there's Kirk and Pam, and I, Kirk is a king. He's so hot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So hot and oh, so pretty. Like I could tell that he was a cute little boy, and now he's a handsome, you know, older guy. And ah, uh, um, but he is. I mean, his death is so interesting because it's like, yeah, he they. Pam and Kirk go to find this creek that Franklin told them about, but the creek is all dried up, and that's when they hear the generator from the Sawyer's house. So they go there and think, oh, we could get some gasoline. And I think there's something so telling. Um, it's this great shot where the camera is below and behind Kirk and Pam and following them while they walk. Yep. And he's saying, like, I can give him my guitar, leave him a few bucks, we can take some gas. And there's something about him saying, I'll leave him my guitar. And I was like, that tells me everything about Kirk I need to know, you know? Yeah. And she's like, no one's going to want your guitar. Right, right. And, you know, it's funny is Pam is, in the early parts of the movie, she's the one who doesn't think they should pick up the hitchhiker. She's the one who's getting bad vibes. She's the one reading the horoscopes. Pam is actually filling most of the final girl roles you know, the final goal kind of like beats early in the movie. Um, yeah. 
And so, like, and I just, I never really appreciated that till this time that, like, oh, yeah, Sally is, like, truly a supporting character until it becomes about her. So true. Yeah. I'm like, one of my favorite things about Pam is I love the way that she says Kirk mm. when she's out on that swing right before yep. she goes into the house. She's so annoyed with him. Yeah. She's yeah. Like, she's Kirk. It's like whining slash being annoyed. Yeah. With, like her, laugh. with her arms like up, up around the back of the, the, um, the, the swing. swing. Kirk. <laughs> yeah. Kirk. Uh, but yeah, Kirk goes into the house first and, uh, hears some like you know uh some piggy noises from the kitchen and then it's i i just love it leatherface just suddenly appears clonks him clonks him again drags him in and then the when he slams that metal door and it just goes boom and i'm like oh yes this movie you bitch <laughs> i'm so glad it was like that we're in the doorway because that's real. those tight shots are the ones that like really make me nervous mm-hmm. so the fact that like I felt like I was almost still at a safe distance like I wasn't completely in the house yet um, made me at ease with that I was like it, it certainly startled me and the slamming of the door is awesome it's so good it's just um, so it, yeah it's such a great effect like I don't need to see Kirk getting like bashed to pieces the door slamming like is like more violent in a way. Yeah. Especially when you don't really know anything about Leatherface yet. And he's the first one you see. Yeah. And it's like, and, and what you see and it's like, Oh, it's just such a, I mean, now it's such an iconic look. Like there's action figures of this look. It's on posters. It's so like, it's a Halloween costume. It's so many things. And it's just so cool to think about. This was the first time we ever saw this like monster that they had created. Oh yeah. It's it almost reminds me of like the entrance to like uh, like Drag Race, like his little like lair in there uh-huh. when he slams the door. Like, cause there's just enough space where he can move. That should be like the Dragula entrance, you know? What yes, I mean? like the, with the <laughs> with the red and then all of the like animal yeah, skulls the, yes, on the wall. Yes, yes, it's so cool. That would be so good. That well, would be a great like photo op at a Halloween party or something. Yes, that's the step and repeat. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it speaks to the fact that this house has quite a bit of interior decorating um which we discover when pam goes inside and uh stumbles into the living room uh and it's i mean that's such a set piece like i think the living room scene is just like i just i think it is so fucking cool and i know that it takes its time and if i were pam i probably would have gotten out of there sooner but the way i interpret it is like this is the movie just like making us marinate in this room yeah, because like the whole time you think the same thing's going to happen to her or like she's going to really like she's going to walk right into his arms or something like that by mm-hmm. accident. But she falls into this room with all of this like, oh, just like skulls and feathers and like shit. And she's I think it's just like she's so stunned to see everything, too. But you're right. It does really take its time in the room, but it is kind of setting up the scene. Yeah, and there's the chicken in the cage that's that's barking, yeah. and and the music, of course. I mean, the the it, it's barely music. I think I don't know if you saw this in the trivia, but apparently the concept for the quote unquote soundtrack was these were the sounds animals would hear in a slaughterhouse. Yes, I heard that. So oh, it's all that, I read that. Sorry. Yeah, it's and heard it <laughs> banging and grinding, and it's just. And and in that scene, like it's just so cool, and the way that the camera pans up to that couch built out of bones. I mean, oh, it's just yep. insane. Yep. Um, but Pam, of course, suffers. I would say uh, 
Oh, spam risk. Don't you don't you spam me while I'm talking about Pam? <laughs> Pam risk. Speaking of anyway, poor, yeah. yeah, speaking of poor Pam, um, so Pam tries to get the fuck out of there, but she experiences probably one of the worst deaths in the movie um, because Leatherface catches her, drags her in, and then it's like without a second thought, she's just a piece of meat, and he just hangs her on that hook. And, and there's uh, also that like, like classic, like her, she almost makes it out. And I uh-huh. remember, I think I saw it on the trailer or something. I thought that was actually uh, like a, a Sally later in the movie. So I, I didn't know it was Pam. And, you know, I, I hate shots like that or like moments where they're like, oh, they were so close. But like, no, he just grabs her. And I have to say, like, I feel like she should have been screaming a little bit more. But she kind of just like slowly <laughs> just like sinks into that hook. Well, I, you know, because every time I see it, like, because one of the, the infamous, infamous things about the movie is that you don't see much of the yeah. violence. And so you never see the yep. hook in her back. But I was like, when it happened. And yeah, you could, yep, you could so feel to, it. Yeah, so to me, it's like all of the breath has gone out of her body. Um, and, I yeah. mean, apparently it was incredibly painful to film. Uh, to film that, Oof. so I'm sure whatever it was she was letting out was somehow real. But, um just the way she's like trying to like hold the hook and try to pull herself up and that shot of her like legs dangling over the bucket i was like this is and the fact that then she has to hang there well leatherface like chainsaws her boyfriend right in front of her yeah she should have been having like a sally moment at that point too but again it's like if you think about where that hook is it probably just punctured her lungs and she's just like can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, there's God. no, yeah, there's no oomph to scream. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then, uh, you know, Jerry, uh, Sally's boyfriend, who is also clearly done with Franklin, because he's like, he's coming to kill you. Yeah, he's going to kill you, Franklin. I gave the hitchhiker your name. I gave him your zip code. He's going to come kill you. Uh, yeah. And so he goes then to look for Pam and Kirk. And, you know, and, and I think they explained why he would go in the house pretty well, because he sees the like the little towels hanging on the porch. Yep. Yeah, um, for sure. But then he goes in the house and uh, goes in the kitchen and there's that weird moment where like Pam's death twitching in the in the freezer in the freezer yes i did laugh at that but i i was like well this certainly was like that i think that's like the biggest jump scare in the movie really yeah oh it's so and it's so fucked up and it's like well what happened because when you think about grandpa later the movie also plays with like life and death and like what does it really mean to be dead um yes but then i think jerry i mean i don't know i'd read in the trivia that like none of the cast had seen Leatherface before yeah. their scenes with him. So I feel like I think they said that like the first time they did this, Jerry just like ran the fuck out of the room. Um Yeah. But yeah, he just screams and he gets clonked on the head. Uh and this is I think a really interesting choice because then we see Leatherface like freaking out. Yep. Yep. I love it. I I I really liked him a lot. Like again, I said it last week on the after show, like he's such a little a little sweetie in so many ways like he's just I mean he's not obviously because he does heinous things but like I there's so much to him because his only job is really to kill and to listen to his family who aren't really there in the house with him yeah so it's like he knows that like he had to kill all three of those people because there's no other way out of this too and I don't know if it's remorse or whatever it is but it's definitely just like 
Jesus, how many more people are going to come in this house? <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, the, the trivia, like Gunnar Hansen and Toby Hooper, like put a lot of thought into like the way Leatherface acts and what, why he is the way he is. Like, and I really, I can see that it's weirdly enough. I can see the character work that's going on with Leatherface. And I, I always read this as like, there's a sort of frustration. There's like, Oh, these animals just keep running into my house and he's just doing, as yeah. you said, what he's supposed to do. And yeah, he's not supposed to be left alone. And so he's probably also a little bit freaked out. And, and then I think, you know, he has like kind of the realization of like, huh, if these kids keep coming into my house, maybe there's more out there. And I think that's why then he get that's when he gets the idea to go out there with the chainsaw. Yeah. Just hide and hide in the brambles. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. It, it It's, it's funny because not too many people fight back. Cause I think everyone is just so, especially the first three, like they don't, they don't have a chance to react or they're just so like freaked out. And Sally is the one, unfortunately who gets like, the luxury if you want to call it that of like being able to properly like process it i guess in real time and try to just figure out what how to get out of there yeah i mean again like they're all animals they're like they are all yeah. they, they're being killed like animals there's like no it's all very unceremonious in a way and i think i mean that's the also the other thing about these these texas chainsaw massacre sequels and remakes and whatnot is like I think the remakes and like then the sequels of the remakes tried to inject all of this really complicated backstory about him or tried to kind of like show where the anger is coming from or to, sh or to really even represent him as more of like an aggressive being. But I feel like this first movie, it, he really, I mean, certainly we see it later. He's, he's not like, he's not Jason Voorhees. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. not, he doesn't have a bloodlust. He's not, um, yeah, he's the sweetie. Leatherface is yeah. kind of a sweetie. Um, and and I I love that. I love that I kind of sympathize with him being like, oh, my God, what's going on with these kids in my house? I know. And especially, it, like, it comes into uh, to Vision, like, later when the other two arrive as well. Other two? Other three? Other two. other two. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I pictured three. Um, yeah. But before that is we talked about this already too. So Frank, I, I did laugh at Franklin's death because it, it was just so, you know, it leads Leatherface outside. It's now dark. And we talked about Sally pushing Franklin. Um, <laughs> like it's an impossible task. And he's just like, push Sally. Come on, yeah, come on, push he's down. Like, come just, on, Sally. He, I know. It's just like the way he, he reminds me of, um, Oh, Francis from Pee Wee. Yes. Uh, absolutely the rich, guy, the rich kid yes absolutely just like, just like a big baby um and then it's just like out of nowhere comes leatherface with the chainsaw and he's the only one who gets chilled or chilled killed by the chainsaw which i read and i was like huh that's yeah. true yeah for a movie with a, the word massacre in the title there's only one person who dies by chainsaw and i i kind of love that in a way i love the chutzpah of that to just be like yeah well uh, because I don't think anybody walks out of this movie not feeling like they watched a massacre, you know? And I think that's yeah. what I love is like, it really makes you think you've watched the most violent movie ever. And it's like, it, it's, you know, so there's, there's almost the only real, real on screen violence is like when they cut Sally's finger later and when Leatherface drops the chainsaw on his leg, like that's really it. Otherwise you're not actually seeing any of it happen. Yeah. Even with the hook, I was like really prepared to see like, mm -hmm. you know, 
nowadays they like to show that they like to show you the knife going in or yeah. it's like it's impressive to show how real they can make it look and i i don't need to see that no you know? no uh, but yes, then, you know, with uh, what I love about what I love, one of the 8,000 things I love about this movie is that if you compare to like a, uh, your standard Friday the 13th movie, once it gets down to like the final girl, there might be like 10, 15 minutes, maybe at, at most of the movie left, probably 10 minutes. Um, it's, it's not a, like a prolonged chase. Like it's That's a good true. chase, but it's not even scream. I mean, I think for his... I mean, Scream's different because there's multiple kind of final people. But compared to a lot of these other movies, like, Sally's ordeal is a significant chunk of the movie. Yeah. And she's, like, she runs around for God knows how long, too. It felt like 15 minutes straight. And she doesn't even know where she's going. No. She just knows that she's being chased. Yeah. And that she's in danger. And she just saw her brother be brutally murdered by a chainsaw yeah it's really i mean so it's and and so she's and of course like so much of this chase you know you probably read this the trivia like so many of her injuries were real from having to yeah. just like drag herself through these branches um but she yes so there's an initial chase through the woods that leads to the sawyer house and she uh managed to get inside and to get upstairs and that's where we see the floral wallpaper and the dead grandparents um, and I've always oh loved the, the sort of the music sound effects of that. It's that like that creak, creak, creak kind of like yep. grinding sound. I've always thought that was just so cool. And I love the beat of when she runs out of that room, the little dead dog falls over. Oh, I didn't even see it. Oh, oh it's dog. it's so it's just such like a, a funny, it's funny. Yeah. It's so funny. And it's and, a, and it's such an intense moment, you know, Um and that's where not a, she jumps through not just one, but two windows in this movie. I know. I was going to say the window count is it's it's at two. Yeah. And I do have to say, I'm sure you're probably going to mention this next too, but I loved when she comes down the, the stairs and she like screams and she like almost startles Leatherface. <laughs> that's, I laughed out loud at that one because it was just like, Ooh. Oh. And she's, you know, it's so great. It's so, and it's so perfect. It so perfectly encapsulates like, he's not this like clued in hunter like he yeah. she scared him you know um yes and so yeah i mean just her like well i gotta jump through this window so she dives through a second story window and uh and i also think there's like a really funny moment where the camera is is set and she's like like running away from the house towards it and she kind of runs past the camera screaming and then like two seconds later Leatherface runs past the camera with the with the chainsaw and it just has this like <laughs> this sort of funny yeah exactly um and then that leads to the chase back into the woods and I love there's this great moment where um there's there's a shot of her running and she is dead behind the eyes like just Oof absolutely dead by nice and i think it's right before she slams into that branch and falls oh god yes i was like get up get because i i didn't know how this was gonna end i didn't know how she got back to the dinner mm -hmm. um and of course she makes a pit stop at the gas station so did you know once she got to the gas station did you know he was in on it yeah i think it took me like a little longer than it probably should have but i was like oh he's not there is no urgency here 
Um, mm-hmm. And it's I, I do like that sort of trope, though, like the one you suspect to be helpful or, or someone you feel safe with is not at all. And he's totally in on it. Well, and it's such like a relief for the audience, because up to that point, like the chase is like Leatherface as she's running towards the gas station. He is right behind her like right behind her and i remember as a kid just feeling like oh my god run you know like yes. just oh my god um and so i feel like her getting to the gas station is just like such a fucking relief because it's like you you were you were two seconds from not making it you know yeah it's one of those things where it's like he would have told I, that was like what in the trivia because he wore like lifts to make himself yeah. taller and he's even with those he was still able to chase after her pretty well right but like this woman is exo- like imagine running for 10 minutes straight for your life not just running like running for your life yeah <laughs> like how tired you would be and like so when she finally gets that was some of my favorite acting by her is when she's like she finally gets to the gas station the door is closed and like I kind of knew pretty instant. I, I shouldn't say instantly. I'm not that smart. Um, but like once Leatherface didn't come through the door, right. I was like, why would he just stop running? I guess. So, um, yeah. 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 And then, yeah, she's just like spinning Radiating. out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I love like when he goes to get the truck and she looks over at the barbecue and there's no real, I don't, it's not like you see a human foot in there, but I love it as like the hint of like, as if, like, we don't know and she doesn't know, but somehow the fact that there's barbecue in this place is, like, a bad omen. Yeah. Oh, God. And then, like, how he hits her with that broom. Oh. It's so creepy. I hate that. It's I hated that. awful. Because, yeah, he knocks her out and then he put he ties her up and puts the bag over and puts her in the truck and he keeps hitting her with the broom. And it's, it's awful. And then I love when he gets to the house. I think one of the most – one of my favorite – moments is as he's pulling up the driveway and there's the hitchhiker just banging around in the dark and then he he pulls up and he stops and he's like fighting with the hitchhiker in front of the truck and they're backlit by the (laughs) by the high beams yep what a beautiful shot i mean it's great oh and and then yeah they get to that they pull up to the house and like what i love about this is like there have probably been other nights where he kidnapped someone and brought her home. Like, otherwise, this is just a normal night for the family. Is everybody coming home and having dinner, you know? Oh, God. They're like the Three Stooges in a way. It's like the old man is like Mo and Leatherface is Curly and mm-hmm. the Hitchhiker is Larry. It's just like it's so slapsticky anyway because slapsticky in a way is like – like you said that it's such a beautiful shot in front of the truck, but it's also like comical in a way that yeah. like, they're showing this dynamic, like, um, and that, you know, they're all in on it too. And that, Oh God, it's just, uh, it's funny though, in a way. It's I mean, so it's interesting. funny. It's a, it's, it's unsettling. It's sick. You know, they, they get Sally into that and, you know, they get to the house and Leatherface is now in his pretty lady mask. Oh, I love that. So, I loved it so much. Did you did you know that Leatherface did drag? I think I read. No, no, no. I, I guess I didn't. So, no, I, I don't think I was prepared for this, but it's so funny. Yeah. And made me love him even more. Oh, he's such a sweetie. And there's unfortunately there's a cut scene of Leatherface like doing his makeup before they get <gasps> home, oh. which I would have. 
I would have loved. But I, I appreciate like we, we there's something kind of jarring about like not having a spotlight on it. And it's like, nope, this is what Leatherface wears for dinner. And he wants to be nice. And he's got a tie on and he's wearing an apron and he's not violent in the least. Yeah. He's a very um, as a very good host. Yeah. Leatherface. Yeah. Um, and then, look out, Stepford Wives. Yeah, right. I was going to say, like, you know, I, I really think, you know, you guys might want to make some room in Stepford. I think uh, yeah. uh, you don't even need to turn it, need to turn him into a robot. I would say, That's like, right. move over, Charmaine. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so then, you know, they they pull the, the burlap off of Sally and it's that awful moment where the hitchhiker is like. I thought you had somewhere to be. I thought you were in a hurry. And like, I just always think like, God, like what a, what salt on the wound for Sally that, Oh fuck. It's that guy that, that Franklin was right about. Yeah, exactly. Because there's really no, like she doesn't say anything in this scene. I feel besides maybe like, please or stop or let me go. It's, it's not like, she doesn't say like you in a dramatic right. like monologue or anything. She's just like, what else is happening? Because there's so much happening in this scene. Oh, well, and then Leatherface and the hitchhiker go upstairs to get grandpa. And this is where this movie, like the, the choice to take it into this fucked up realm where there is this corpse of a grandpa who can revive by sucking Sally's blood from her finger. Oh, it makes me want to puke. Like that was like the, I think that was like the only time that I had to look away. I was just yeah. like, Oh my God. What the strangest feeling yeah. ever of this like corpse and just like being forced to do it. And yeah. like, she's just screaming the whole time. What I love, what I love about that is like, you, you can really see in her eyes, like the moment of like, like, cause she eventually like passes out and it's like one of the few times in movie where I get it because the absolute horror of that moment, like you think about everything she just went through. You think about them dragging her into this house. They brought a dead body in a rocking chair downstairs. They've cut her finger and now a dead body is sucking on her finger and is doing baby hands as he comes back to life. Like that is so fucked up and the nightmare yeah. isn't even over. And you're tied up the whole time. And yeah. No one is with you. Yeah. I could see maybe if like there were more, I don't know, somewhere in my mind, I felt like there were more people still in the movie with her at this point. Like two of them were at the dinner and maybe like one of them got killed and, and Sally survives or something. So to, to just not, to just feel so alone. Yeah. Yep. She, uh, I don't know what, it, she goes crazy. And she, she like I said, she passes out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, you know, she wakes up and that's kind of the beginning of the infamous dinner scene. And I feel like people talk about the dinner scene as if it's this like brutal, disgusting, like violent set piece as if it's the end of Suspiria, you know, with the exploding heads. But yes. I, I think what I love about the dinner scene is like it really is about Sally losing her mind. It's really about yep. Sally going crazy. And I think it's one of the few horror movies that have really actively acknowledged the way that like a traumatic experience will fuck you up. Yeah, that and speed whenever she cries after getting off the bus. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Speed are really the yep. most realistic representations of trauma that we can find in American cinema. <laughs> uh, but you're so right. It's like it is 
it's like the ultimate salt in the wound too. And the fact that they don't even, I think the fact that they're just going about their business as normal, like there really is, like you said, there's nothing, I mean, everything is sinister about this scene, but like they're just having dinner Mm -hmm. and they're like, shut up, like, and just like making faces at her or like poking her, but it's so fucked up. I mean, when you think about, like, I think about, you know, I don't know, pig farmers, and you know, there's there's one little piglet that the, that the 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 son or the daughter is like, oh, can't we keep him for a little bit? Oh, I love little Oinker. Yep. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, but like, don't get too attached because eventually he's got to go. And I think that's what Sally is in the scene. She is just tied up and squealing. And they're just kind of making fun of her and just playing with her. They don't see her as a human being. Uh, you know, when she's like, you know, please, you you know, you've got to make them stop. And when she says, I'll do anything. And it's like, oh, honey, this is far beyond like they don't there's no human negotiation here. Yeah. Um, yep. And what it also what I think is just such a brilliant idea is by her. Uh, saying like you can make them stop then the hitchhiker is like no he can't he's just the cook and then you realize it's a dysfunctional family yes which is also like a trope of like I, I can't really think of like scream or it, maybe scream this happens like once or twice where like if there's two killers or more than two like they oh like Stu Stu and is it Billy yeah it Billy mm-hmm. like they start fighting a little bit and like you know he eventually stabs Stu um, right, he gets. Is it Billy that stabs? Stu? Well, they Somehow like. Stu they're trying to like. Sa- they stab each other to make it seem like you know. Oh, that's they were, right. That's right. And then like I don't know, Billy stabs Stu too deep or something. Oh, that you don't want to talk about scenes in movies that I can't watch. It's Scream when they're stabbing each other. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I find. I loved it though. Oh, I. Find I mean, it. I didn't love the stabbing, but I loved the screams. Oh. The early screams. I find the Scream movies like so violent. In yeah. comparison, especially to, even to this, oh, that those I have to look away so often. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, so Sally is just, I mean, this is this is going to a 27. This is just ringing the goddamn yep. rag out, Marilyn Burns. Yeah, 37. The eyes, like, that's the poster I want. That's the sort of like t shirt that I want. They're so beautiful. Oh, and, and they've been, they've used that, that shot in a lot. There's, and there's actually, there's a poster I'll send you that, I don't know if it's a fan made poster, but it like oh. focuses on the eye. It's really cool. But I think that's, oh, that's so cool. I love that. I love that, yes, she's an animal to them, but I think the movie would be less effective if the movie treated Sally like an animal. But, like, we're very much seeing, like, the movie is, like, all these close-ups on her. We're, like, spending so much time in Sally's human experience. Yeah, the veins in her eyes and just, like, how she's just trying so hard to... Because at that point, I I don't need... I thought that's when she was, like, going to make her escape is when the two of them started, like, arguing. Yeah. And, like, somehow she would get loose or something like that. Um, But it happens, you know, just a couple minutes later. But she's really just losing it. It's yeah. almost like she's buried alive and she's just trying to like claw her way out of the coffin. Yeah, right. And it's also like when, when an animal is captured and it's, they're just squeal and wriggle and squeal and wriggle and they yeah. just don't stop, you know? Uh, she's just a squealing pig. And then yep. they get the idea because, you know, I love that the, the old man's like, you know, I, I can't take no pleasure in killing, you know? And uh, so he's like, which I think is like another detail of like, they're not all like equal levels of bloodthirsty really the hitchhiker is probably the most actually violent person in that family yep i'd say so 
Um, but then they he's they decide, oh, we should let Grandpa have some fun. And I mean the the beat, the editing, the music, the acting, the direction of like we're gonna let you have her. We're gonna let whatever it is. And then the the camera cuts to Sally screaming again, and all those cuts and the music, oh. and I'm like, oh my god. This movie, no movie, yeah. it goes to this 27 for me like this does. Like, how was she able to speak for, like, the next week after filming this? Oh, I, I know. Just, I don't know. I, I don't know. know. Well, and and then that leads us to what I think is the most uncomfortable scene in the movie is the sledgehammer scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so they, they you know, they're going to have the grandpa, bang, you know, clonk her over the head. They're going to hold her over a bucket. And have the grandpa clonk her over the head and kill her. And, of course, he's a corpse, so he's not really doing a good job. And he just keeps dropping the hammer. And it keeps falling in the bucket. And this, speaking of the screaming, there is at one point where she, I don't think I've ever seen someone scream that hard in a movie as yeah. Sally. Like, she is screaming into that bucket. In a, I have, yeah. it, it's, I've never, I've never seen someone ring themselves out like that in a movie. Yeah, it's like amplified by the bucket that she's screaming into. And it's, yeah. you're right, like it misses her head or then he'll drop the hammer and it's getting so close to it because like that's really, that's the moment. Like it's over for her. Yeah, right. And it's like, that's where it's like, if I were her, I probably would have been like, listen, let's just get this over with. Because um, <laughs> yes. they, they do even get a bit of a hit in there. Um, they do. The back of her head was bloody and I was like, yeah. whoa, they're making progress. Yeah. And then the hitchhiker gets, he gets uh, impatient. He's like, oh, let me do it. And he lets go of her. And I, the way that she just like flails her arms and throws herself away. And it's, it is so, it's just so fucking cool that she just hurls herself out the living room window. Yeah. It's the definition of like, I, what else is she going to do? Like, it just yeah. seems, it seems a very rational action. Yeah. It's like, I would do anything to get out of that situation. And I, I mean, just like, oh, so she jumps out the window and that when that shot of her looking up and looking around and it's, I mean, it's like, give the woman an Oscar. <laughs> like, yeah, very few horror movies. And especially at that time, really represented a character's like, like experience this this viscerally as texas chainsaw massacre like she's i just i get it i i get the way that she's looking around like what the fuck it's morning where am i because she also doesn't know where she is yeah because they I brought see it, it in a different light it's like yeah. the wizard of oz when dorothy walks out of the house yeah because she had never been to the house she was it was at night she had burlap over her head when they brought her there so she has no idea where she is oh my god you're right yeah, and then, I mean, then she's, like, hobbling up the driveway. And just, like, the nightmare of, like, the hitchhiker is slashing at her. Leatherface is coming out with the chainsaw. And <laughs> and it's just, and I love, I used to think it was weird that when they got out to the main road, like, there were cars coming. But now I kind of love that, like, all of this horror was happening just that far away from the main road. Yeah. Oh, God, that's so terrifying because you often think of like your own neighborhood or you're, you know, as walking through the city or wherever, like what's what's really going on here? Yeah, there's yeah. like these houses. I see them in Astoria. I've seen other places, but there's like certain apartment, you know, little apartment buildings or houses where like there is gates on every window. And like, wow. 
I'm like, feasibly, someone could be trapped in there, you know? Yeah. Gates on the doors. Just like, there's just those wrought iron white gates on every fucking window. And I was like, and, and it's some beat up old house where it's like, I don't know. Uh, who would have any yeah. reason to check on this house? Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. So who knows? Oof. There could be an Astoria chainsaw massacre happening right on 30th Avenue, you know? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Scary. The Ditmar's chainsaw massacre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, you know, the, the truck driver, Black Maria is the name on the truck, but I don't know if that's who that is. But I, you know, for short, Black Maria pulls up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and runs over this the hitchhiker, uh, which I loved. That oh, felt really good. It was such a relief, and I love the cut to Sally completely covered in blood, and she goes, <laughs> <laughs> "Oh God, oh, this poor woman, this poor woman." And then you know, I don't know why the truck driver and Sally didn't just drive away in the truck. Instead yeah, of they the pit, yeah, the, just the close the trailer. door and go. Yeah, yeah. Yep. that's that's what made me, again, not laugh, but like the reaction to all this. I guess if like if someone's trying to, like if he was that close, like right, right, you'd want to get away. But like she went first, and I think he just followed her. Like he he might have wanted to start the truck. Like I would just be like, go, 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 right, start the truck. Yeah, because I feel like she was just like, hey, I'm getting in your truck. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to get out the other side. But then I'll get out the other side. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, who knows what happens? I always wonder what happened to that guy, you know? Yes, that is my, like, the number one question in my notes is, like, that's the sequel that we need. Yeah, it's just that guy just, like, running like hell. Um, and then the pickup truck driver shows up and, you know, spins around and, like, waits for Sally. And I think he's, like, the engine. Uh, this time I notice, oh, the engine isn't turning over. And that's why he's, like, sitting there for all that time. Um, yes. And it's just like, oh, God, Sally, get in the pickup truck. Oh, God, get in the pickup truck. Come on, Sally, get in the fucking pickup truck. You have to get in that fucking pickup truck. Yep. And it's so close. Like, she, like, barely musters enough energy to get in the back. Oh. And, like, it's just so perfect. But it's the ultimate relief. Like, just that, like, and again, one of the best, you know, it's not the last frame in the movie, but her, that's the poster. Oh, yeah. Want. Oh, yeah. her in the back of that truck screaming and laughing. Uh, and and screaming go go! I just like, and then laughing in Leatherface's face. I mean, what I love about that is, in a way, it's like, and that's when Sally became a human again, and yep. this is what's left of the human that was Sally Hardesty. You know, like, because at the end, yeah, she 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 escapes like a like an animal, uh. Until, like, that point. Like, I feel like her getting in the back of the pickup truck was, like, returning to humanity. And was climbing into the truck and returning to humanity, you know? Oh, God. It just it feels so good. I'm so glad she survived. Because oh. it just would have... I mean, it would have been a total different movie. But, like, someone has to survive. I feel like that's, like, generally... I mean, maybe I'll ask you this question. It's like, do you know of movie, a movie or movies that where everyone's dead? Like, no matter what. Yeah. So, and, like, I would say if this movie, if everybody died, we wouldn't be talking about this movie right now, and I would hate it. Because yeah. I hate when everybody dies. It happens, I would say that's something that happens in a lot of modern movies, is they'll be at, like, that final jump at the end, and, you know, and then you're like, oh, they're not, it turns out they're going to get killed. And, like, um, I hate that. I think that if nobody survives a horror movie, then what did I just watch? Yep. 
That's true. You know, there's it's no like, payoff. Then I just yeah. watched like a bunch of people die because for me, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is not about the violence. It's not about the massacre. It's about Sally surviving. Like that's yeah. what I love about this movie is is what Sally goes through to survive. Yeah. I mean, I wish we would have seen more of the guy in the truck. I'm like, oh, yeah. Let's the, see that man because he deserves a Medal of Honor. Oh, the, the pickup truck driver at the end? Yeah. The pickup yeah. Driver. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's, you know, it, but I all, I love that in a way because I used to think, oh, like it's so random that someone would stop. But like in the beginning of the movie, the five people, the five teens or the five main characters, they stopped for that hitchhiker. Like I, there's something about like, I don't know. And this is me reading into a movie that I love, but there's something like culturally Southern about stopping for people in trouble. Yeah. I think it's the decade that this is filmed in. And I think it's, you know, it's the South, but like, honestly, if I pulled up to this shit and saw a woman covered with blood and a chains, like a a man with, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. I don't either. It's such an insane situation. And like, and of course, I mean, the movie ends with like Leatherface just like, angrily spinning the chainsaw doing that dance in the middle of the road yes and that abrupt ending that just cut i'm like it's as if the chainsaw has just sliced through our own head and that's the end of the movie yeah um yep and it's like what i what i love about that is well fuck think about it the the hitchhiker's dead so eventually and you know uh, she got away, so Leatherface now has to hobble home to the old man and then, like, somehow tell him his brother's dead, his brother who is basically his keeper. I mean, so yeah. that family is fucked, and uh, Sally is fucked. I mean, the, the the tagline of the movie is, like, who will survive and what will be left of them? And I think yeah. that's such an interesting question. It's like you know there's so much unanswered you know what about the black maria driver like what happens to him like i just love that it's as randomly as this all happened it randomly ends and there's no answers it made it feel more real to be honest that the black maria driver came first and he was just a regular guy that just ran with sally like didn't really question it and also like it really felt like it was something that happened in real life if that makes sense which even yeah. makes, makes it even more scary but also so weird too because you're like in that house and like now you're out in broad daylight it's like the end of the village have you ever seen the village i haven't seen it i've heard of it but i i yeah i know a few things about it but uh okay yeah, yeah. i won't spoil it just in case you never know but um but it, it has it's just like a shock to the system the last like two minutes of that movie as with any M-, M night Shyamalan movie. But um, I'm so glad she got away. It just, I think I'm glad I knew that going into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's something that like anyone out there who might be hesitant to watch this, you know, watch that dinner scene on YouTube. <laughs> like, yeah. Honestly, it's not as bad. Like, especially like after hearing us talk about it too, like it's, it's not, it is terrifying, but it's not meant to be terrifying, uh, I guess, maybe. I don't know. But it's just, it was so great. I really, really, really liked it. And I'm just so glad that I wasn't as scared as I thought I would be. And it, it gave me a lot of confidence to watch some other stuff. I am, I couldn't be prouder. I, I'm gooped. I mean, like, I feel like Sally. I'm like, pinch yourself and maybe you'll realize this is all real, you know? <laughs> I'm just like yeah. screaming and yeah. my eyes are darting around. Is this really happening? Uh, 
Yes. Well, and I think, you know, identifying like and and, you know, no horror movie fan likes all horror movies, you know. And so like I the kind of horror movies you don't like, I don't really like them either. So like, yeah, I actually I think that this does really open up a lot of like really cool stuff that from the 70s, from the 60s, from the 80s, like there's there's so much that like doesn't play dirty like movies like insidious um but i think you know horror movies are i think they're they're like opera they're just you know they're yeah the performances and i think like when you get beyond the subject matter when you think about it it's like the performances that are asked of actors in horror movies are often pretty extreme because they got to go through some extreme experiences so like yeah you know what what Marilyn Burns has to go through in Texas Chainsaw Massacre versus like what Melanie Griffith goes through in Working Girl. It's like, I'm not saying like they're not, they're not really even comparable, but it's like in terms of what you're watching somebody express, like I'm, I'm so impressed that Marilyn Burns was able to express this performance and has, you know, went on for years. All of them were big convention, you know, goers and did lots of interviews and had a lot of pride in this movie and, you know, had, a, you know, were very, very beloved by, by fans. And so like, I think there's that too, that they all went through this like disgusting, awful experience and have like really gone on to, you know, I don't know, uh, show up for all the people who loved it, you know? Yeah, I love that it has like I, I was even reading like the IMDb reviews and all of them are like tens. Oh, it's yeah. like this is the template, like the perfect movie, all this stuff too. It's just um it makes me want to know more about it, I guess, like the like the behind the scenes and uh to to watch it again, honestly. Oh, well, I couldn't recommend it more because I think you'll get even more out of it and I think uh it's just I it, it's also just a tight 83 minutes like oh I just, yeah, it's, it, that, well, that was one of the first things I looked at. I knew it was relatively short, but kind of in the context of, you know, our, uh, you know, our experiences with two hour plus movies or out movies that are an hour and 56 minutes, like 20th century women, yeah. you know, 123 <laughs> minutes is just, ugh, I'm, I've just, I'm applauding. Yeah. Get it done. It was great. I was really um, smitten with it. And I just, I really love Leatherface. I just think he's, it's just nothing what I thought it would be. And like the best way possible. Like it it was easy to digest. Like the filmmaking was great and the story was great and the acting was great. Um, Yeah. Here's to many more. Yeah. Here's to many more. Oh, I'm so, I'm so pleased. I'm just so pleased. And indeed, you know, let it be said, Marilyn Burns is a queen. Uh, You know, didn't have an extensive movie career. There's another, she did another movie with Toby Hooper called Eaten Alive. Like, I don't know, a couple years after this. And Eaten Alive is not a great movie, um, but the ending is absolutely bonkers. And, like, basically it's about this, like, guy who's got this ramshackle old hotel in the middle of, like, the Louisiana bayou. And uh, anybody who goes there, he ends up, like, killing and feeding to his pet crocodile or alligator, whatever it is. Oh, God. So various people show up to this place and get killed. And some of the people that show up include this couple, the wife played by Marilyn Burns, with their daughter played by Kyle Richards. 
Oh my god! So the end of the movie. So what ends up happening is the husband gets killed. Marilyn Burns gets like tied to a bed for most of the movie. And at the end of this movie, there's this other woman who's like looking for her like sister or something. She ends up like freeing Marilyn Burns from the bed. And then the hotel owner is like trying to kill them. Meanwhile, Kyle Richards is getting chased around underneath the hotel porch by the crocodile. And <laughs> like, and then the end of the movie is like her like hanging upside down off a fence while Marilyn Burns is like screaming. And like, it's, it's, it's nuts. I'll I'll send it to you because you could you could just watch the last like five minutes. You don't need any context. Um, sure. But just the idea of like I don't know the crossing of the streams of like Marilyn Burns and Kyle Richards. You know. I know. God, that it feels like it's like when they say that Queen Elizabeth was born when Cleopatra was still alive. It just doesn't seem to like add yeah. Up. It doesn't add up, and it's like how did those spheres overlap? But. Um, but yeah, she she was in a couple other things, and I think later in her career, I think you know she she got cast in a couple like cameo roles in Texas Chainsaw movies. She got a couple other roles in other uh, movies, just kind of known as like a horror movie legend. So I feel like, uh, and I think she passed away. Marilyn Burns passed away, I think in like twenty fourteen. Um, uh. But uh, an absolute legend. People said she was just like the sweetest. Um, I know that uh, Stacy from Gaylords of Darkness. I think she interviewed her once. So. Um, oh no way yeah so it's like i also love that like this this actress and this performance that i just admire so much it's just it's good when people are like oh yeah she was a good person Ugh, that makes me love her even more yeah thank god she survived yes Um, i and had such a sense of humor about the movie and has such like a spirit about it it's like you went through hell miss thing i know and and Live to tell the tale. Yeah. It's very nice. We love to see it. We love to see it. Well, you know, uh, folks, this is really, you know, who knows what's next after this? Like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> like, what is next? I don't know. Uh, I don't even know where we can go. And we have one more, because technically, uh, I don't know. It's like, maybe we'll go into our November lineup, or maybe we can squeeze in one more spooky movie. Yeah. But, you know. We gotta have to think about that because we we, we could see. technically do it'll be Halloween week next week so this is just in time for Halloween proper which I think is very appropriate yes um, yeah so maybe we'll have to think about you know because uh, well actually one of the things to think about is we we did toss around the idea of a theme for November yes I remember that theme. and and I theme. think there's there could be some overlap in terms of like movies that fall within that theme that might even still be semi creepy. Yeah, I think I I see what you're going or where you're going with that. I agree. Yeah. Uh, there's a certain okay. one that I think we should we should do. Maybe we should. Well, we'll talk. Well, you know what? If you want to hear us talk about it, you have to hear us talk about it on the after show, which is exclusive on Patreon. So you know, uh, take that and guess what? We're getting played off too. <laughs> it's time for us to hop in the back of two trucks. It's, yeah, two pickup trucks truck. and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, um, Jesus. Well. Uh, you have survived Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What is left of you? Oh my goodness. Um, I just really, I'm, I'm proud of myself. Like I said before, I just can't believe that I, I'm so glad that I convinced myself to do it. Cause I really built it up to be something in my mind that was just like not achievable at all. Like there's no way I could watch it. Even in the, in the daytime I was, I, that's why I, I watched it on Friday of last week. 
because I thought that I would I was gonna have to space it out so I was very pleased to just kind of get it over with and you know in the best way possible and in, in one sitting too so I really loved it I it's it's definitely like on on the shelf as um, at least I mean so far because I haven't seen too many horror movies at all but like I think it's it's one of the Hall of Famers well I would have to agree with that and I will certainly help you expand your catalog uh, yeah. If people want to send you their congratulations or their recommendations, please, Ooh. where can they find more of you? Well, they can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. How about you? Well, uh, speaking of spooky season, I, I guess starting probably this weekend, you'll get on All Right Mary our coverage of... Dracula season five Ooh. maybe that's next weekend maybe i don't know whenever that that's coming soon though Dracula season five and we're continuing to do all right scary so there's some scary movies there you can hear me talk about um and of course you can find me on instagram at colin trucker underscore i just posted this picture of marco that i think is worth taking a look oh, at. oh he's so cute he's like a little potato he's such a little potato just a little wrapped up baked potato full of sour cream and sweetness <laughs> Uh, and of course, you can find more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at BSAPod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. Well, you better keep your peel peepers peeled because you're not going to believe what they're seeing. So pinch yourself because it just might be real. Indeed, Ooh. the best supporting after show is coming, uh, you know, just down the country road. And we've got a lot of fun things to catch up on, things that we've been watching, things that we've been doing. It might even be some things that we're eating. Uh, and you'd even get early access to episodes just like this at all of that $5 a month. And that's at patreon.com slash bsapod. What a steal. There's a lot to talk about this week. Yeah, I got a list. I got a list. Uh, I got a list. Well, I think it is It is indeed time for us to get into two pre-o-least Toyota cells and get the hell out of Stepford to say nothing to Texas. <laughs> um, so that's what we're going to do. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, and that, as they say, is that. <laughs>